Explain the tax consequences to life insurance involving a transfer for value, lack of insurable interest, corporate distributions, separation and divorce, additional compensation, and split dollar arrangements. There are certain situations in which part or all of the death proceeds of life insurance are not excludable from gross income. These situations include the following. First, if the policy was transferred for valuable consideration. Second, if the receipt of proceeds is considered to be compensation, or three, a constructive dividend, or four, if there's a lack of insurable interest at the inception of the policy. Under the first situation, the transfer for value rule may apply any time that an interest in a life insurance policy is transferred for any type of valuable consideration. In such cases, a portion of the life insurance death proceeds may be taxable in an amount equaling the excess of the proceeds received over the value paid for the policy, plus the total of any premiums paid by the transferee following the transfer. However, there are five exceptions to the transfer for value rule. If any one of these exceptions applies to the transfer of the policy, the full amount of the death proceeds will still be excludable from gross income. These exceptions are as follows. Transfers to the insured, transfers to a partner of the insured, transfers to a partnership in which the insured is a partner, transfers to a corporation in which the insured is an officer or shareholder. Five, transfers in which the transferee's basis in the policy is determined either in whole or in part by reference to the basis of the transferor. Please note, there's no exception, no exception for shareholder to shareholder transfers. Constructive dividend situations generally involve corporate-owned life insurance. Here, the death proceeds from such policies are often taxed as dividends or as compensation. For example, a corporation can receive death proceeds tax-free if it's the owner and the beneficiary of the policy. However, if the corporation then distributes the proceeds to its shareholders, the proceeds may well be treated as taxable dividends to the shareholders. Furthermore, when the policy is owned by the corporation, but the individual stockholders are either named as direct beneficiaries of the policy proceeds or have the right to personally select the beneficiary, the service often considers the premiums paid by the corporation to be taxable dividends to the shareholder. Still, another example might be where the proceeds of a corporate-owned policy are paid directly to the surviving spouse or other personal beneficiary of a non-stockholder employee. In this case, the Internal Revenue Service generally treats such proceeds as taxable compensation for the past services of the deceased employee. The owner of a life insurance policy must have an insurable interest in the insured under the policy at the time of policy inception to assure that the death proceeds will be received income tax-free. This means, in a business insurance situation, there must be an important economic relationship between the insured and the policy owner. The insured must be a key employee or someone whose services are essential to the business. Life insurance premiums paid may be deductible in cases in which the premium payments are considered either charitable contributions, alimony payments, 
or ordinary and necessary business expenses. So long as the taxpayer is not a beneficiary under the policy, the premiums will be deductible. Let's examine charitable contributions. Premium payments are deductible as charitable contributions if the charitable organization owns the policy outright. However, if the charitable organization is merely named a revocable beneficiary of the policy, the premiums will not be deductible. Alimony payments. A husband may deduct premiums as alimony if he is required to pay premiums on a policy for his divorced wife, either under a court decree or separation agreement. However, in such cases, the wife's interest must be absolute and the husband cannot retain any ownership rights in the policy. Employer compensation payments to the employee. We've stated that the premiums paid on an insurance policy will not be deductible if the taxpayer is either directly or indirectly a policy beneficiary. However, an employer who in no way is a beneficiary will be allowed a deduction for certain business expenses that are ordinary and necessary and reasonable for premiums paid as an additional employee compensation. For example, if an employer pays premiums on a policy covering the life of an employee, the premiums may be deductible so long as the employee owns the policy and has the right to name the beneficiary. However, since the life insurance premiums paid by the employer are considered additional compensation to the employee, the employer can deduct these as reasonable compensation expenses. In such cases, though, the employer must have no ownership rights or any beneficial interest in the cash value of the policy and is neither directly or indirectly a policy beneficiary. Let's look at split dollar life insurance. One method of splitting the cost of insurance between employer and employee is commonly referred to as split dollar insurance. Under the most basic form of split dollar insurance, the cost of insurance is split between the employer and the employee. The employer pays that part of the annual premium equal to each year's increase in the cash value of the policy, while the employee pays the balance of the premium. At the employee's death, the employer gets back an amount equal to the policy's cash value, and the balance of the death benefit is paid directly to the employee's personal beneficiary. Under the most basic type of split dollar arrangement, the annual amount of income taxable to the employee is generally deductible and determined in the following three steps. First, calculate the amount of the death benefit payable directly to the employee's beneficiary. Two, multiply the amount of that death benefit by the rate specified at the employee's current age in the applicable guidance provided by the service. Third, subtract any employee contributions. The balance will be taxed as ordinary income to the employee. To compute this, gross premiums must be reduced by any non-taxable distributions received from the policy and any extra premiums paid for supplementary benefits, such as accidental death protection or waiver of premium.